Hey, folks, want to get big league performance in your backyard? Turn to Steel Battery Tools. That's S-T-I-H-L, SteelUSA.com or SteelDealers.com. Again, S-T-I-H-L, from mowers and blowers to chainsaws and trimmers. The Steel AK Homeowner Series starts at just $199.99. And you won't find steel at uh, your big box stores, but you can pick it up at over 10,000 local dealers. So you know you have one right around the corner. It's real steel. Find yours again at steeldealers.com. They have everything to make your yard absolutely pristine. S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com, steelusa.com. You'll be blown away by their products. I always tell you, I start my day with Boyer's Coffee. They've been brewing Boyer's in the Rocky Mountain region since 1965. They're local. They taste outstanding. And they're a great community partner. They have uh, invested in our region for more than a generation. And I suggest you, if you haven't already, get on board and check out all of the great Boyer's Coffee products. You can have them delivered right to your home as I do. And uh, you literally get it within a couple of days. I'm a K-Cup guy, so that's uh, my direction. I had Aspen Gold this morning. That's kind of my go-to uh, K-Cup brand. But to go to their website at boyerscoffee.com, and you'll see many, many great flavors. And they often have a, a flavor of the month. So uh, have it del- delivered, as I said, right to your home. Or you can find it at your favorite local grocery store as well. It's boyerscoffee.com. Boyerscoffee.com. Go check them out. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Rockies Special Assistant to the General Manager and former Rockies Manager, Clint Hurdle. So what does he do? My priority is to get these minor league players up here so the big league coaching staff has to coach them less than they've ever coached them before. Our strength, it starts in double A. We've got some strong candidates starting, relieving, and position players. When we turn this faucet on, the water's going to run for a while. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to show number 158. Glad, as always, that you are along with us. We're almost at the All-Star break. In fact, depending on when you are listening to this, it may already be the All-Star break. The Rockies in the midst of playing 17 in a row inside their division. And I think it's 20 in a row overall between uh, when this whole thing started and the three against the Pirates to uh, finish out the first half. And and the Rockies have played better. We'll get to that uh, momentarily. Last road trip was fun. People ask me frequently, hey, do you like the travel? Did you miss the travel? Because the last couple of years, we know because of COVID, we didn't travel the 60-game season. And last year, uh, 162, but we were doing the road games out of the studio. Yeah, I missed the travel. I really did. I've, I've always answered this the same way, that I love traveling. I love being in other cities and other ballparks. I love getting up in the morning and, and running uh, in, in other cities. I have my favorite runs, and um, it, it's a way of sightseeing. It's a way of staying uh, mentally sane uh, for me. The only time I didn't enjoy the travel was when one of my kids was playing, and I couldn't be there. And I think that's understandable. But um, I've done some crazy things to, to make my way to uh, various other ballparks uh, around our region in the country to catch my boys playing. That's uh, 
That's always been a, a great joy. But now, you know, the boys are older. You know, I have one still playing in college, and I, I just was out watching him play uh, about a week or so ago uh, in the Midwest and, and look forward to doing that again here and stealing a couple of days off. But all in all, I enjoy being out on the road, and it's great to be back on the road. Like, we were in Los Angeles, and I've spent, you know, so much time in in L.A. in the course of my career, and it was weird to say, wait, I haven't been here in somewhere in the neighborhood of three years. That was really strange. So it, it was good to be back in L.A. I am one of those people that enjoy L.A., enjoy visiting L.A. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, I couldn't live in L.A. It, it, there's, there's a way of doing it. If you can do it right, you want to be close to the water and, and hopefully limit your time in your car. But um, I, I have no issue with L.A. And it was good to be back there, as I said. It was good to be at Dodger Stadium, man. Really good to be at Dodger Stadium. It's a, it, it's a, it's a palace. It, it's one of the iconic ballparks, one of the oldest ballparks still. And, and love them or hate them. And I know out here most people hate them, understandably. But the Dodgers are good. They're formidable year in and year out. They're a great measuring stick. And uh, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being in Los Angeles. And then the trip continued uh, down in Arizona. Not the same ambience, not the same buzz when you step inside Chase Field. But to the Rockies' credit, they uh, they played well in Arizona. Won three out of four after losing three very competitive games against the Dodgers. So they went three and four uh, on the road trip. And then uh, as we tape this on a Wednesday morning, they're one and one against the Padres. They lost on Monday, snapping their 10-game home winning streak against San Diego. And then they bounced back and won five to three on Tuesday. The Rockies, as we embark on the All-Star break, clearly not where they want to be from a record standpoint. Again, as we tape today, they're 10 games under 500. But they have done things better over the last month in a couple of key areas. And it's one of the reasons why over this 15-game stretch where they're inside the NL West, they're 8-7. and seven. In fact, over their last 16 games, excuse me, 26 games, I should say, uh, inside the NL West, which is a very competitive division. You could make uh, you know, a, a pretty solid argument there. If not the best division in baseball, uh, I would give the nod right now to the AL East. I, I think I would have given it to the NL, uh, NL West uh, a few weeks ago, but they're right there. Um, you have you know, the Dodgers up top. The Giants have taken a step back. They won 107 last year, as we all know. Uh, San Diego's good, and they're going to get better when they get Fernando Tatis back. It's a good division. And they're 16 and 10, talking about the Rockies, over their last 26 inside the division. That's a good thing. Um, the Rockies, as we embark on this all-star break, again, number one, not where they want to be. 10 games under 500, not where you want to be. To me, relevance begins at 500, especially once you are substantially into the season. And I know it's also the definition of mediocrity. You've won the same amount as you've lost. I, I mean, you're not exactly throwing a parade because you've won the same amount as you've lost. But if you can get to 500, especially if you're able to do it quickly from the Rockies' standpoint, if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible, but I'm, I'm just being hypothetical here. That if you can do it, say, in the first four or five weeks after the All-Star break, so now you're deep into August and you're at 500 
with five or six weeks left in the season and you can say, okay, now we can start to get separation on 500 and then you become a true candidate to go to the postseason and get in the party and all those things. Uh, Again, I don't know if the Rockies can do it. Uh, There's been enough shortcomings that I've seen in the first half that would suggest that's that's probably uh, very unlikely. But let me create a scenario for you based on what has happened recently and what would need to happen to give the Rockies even a uh, a shouting chance at producing the second half where people all of a sudden are paying attention. The last four or five weeks, finally, they've played good defense. In fact, again, as of this taping, just two errors over their last 20 ball games. It was atrocious the first really the first couple of months. They were okay getting out of the gate. We know they got off to a good start in April. They were 16 and 11. Uh, but then uh, for a good part, you know, for May and, 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 you know, part of June, they were, they were terrible defensively, disturbingly bad. That is cleaned up. Um, and, and it's also cleaned up, not just where they're making the everyday play. They've made some spectacular plays and that's been, that's been good to see. The bullpen and if you're going to show me a good team, I'm going to show you a team that probably has a good bullpen. You, you rarely see a team that's really good that doesn't have a good bullpen. Uh, the bullpen's been much better. Over the last month, they have an ERA oh, around 3.8, which is 3.80, which is especially playing half your games at Coors Field, really good. Really good. And, and it starts at the end of the bullpen. You work backwards. And Daniel Bard has had an all-star first half. And let me segue just for a moment, get off uh, the path I was on, and congratulate C.J. Crone. He's an all-star, a deserving all-star. Daniel Bard, I hope that he still makes it where, you know, maybe somebody has to back out, a couple of somebodies on the pitching side back out, and Daniel Bard gets selected. I know he's near the top of the list of guys that were not selected that will be based on uh, conversations I've had with people who would know. So I hope I hope he gets it. And I'm not saying I hope he gets it because he's a Rocky and we want to see as many Rockies as possible. I'm all about guys being selected because they're deserving. I said this on uh, television the other night on AT&T that I would be good either way, whether a team has a representative or not. I, I really believe that the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the last compelling All-Star Game. You've heard me pontificate on this in the past. Uh, the Pro Bowl is a joke. It should go away in the NFL. Really should. It's, a, it's terrible. It, it makes no sense. They don't tackle, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the NHL is a shooting gallery. The NBA, they, they part down the lane so a guy can go down the middle and do a 360 dunk. It's, it, it's not compelling. Uh, the baseball game is. The all-star game is because it's a pitcher trying to get a hitter out. It's, it's um, and should be the best players in the sport through the first half of each given year. And again, specific to the Rockies, Daniel Bard deserves to be there. Daniel Bard has one of the lowest hits per nine innings um, allowed of any reliever in baseball. It's less than five per nine innings. He strikes out a high rate. He's saved 10 ball games in a row. He's 19 out of 21. Um, In addition, it's a great story going back to being out of Major League Baseball for seven years. Daniel Bard, though, is deserving all-star. C.J. Crone, the numbers he's put up, he's among the league leaders in every significant offensive category. He deserves to be there. It's a great story as well. Nine years, and, and he's a first-time all-star uh, at 31. So that that's awesome. Um, but again, I, I don't believe that you have to take every you know a guy uh, on every team. It should be 
um, the best players. All right, getting back to the Rockies and, and how they're playing better, but what they would need to do to truly make a move on 500. Because, you know, you, you win, you lose, you win a couple, you lose one. That That's not going to get it done. We know to make up 10 games on 500, you have to go through a stretch where you win 15 out of 20. That would be making up 10 games on 500. That's playing really good baseball over a three-week period. Can they do that? I don't know. Here's what would have to happen, though, for me. Continued success uh, with the bullpen. You need, and I'll start with starting pitching. Herman, who has been more down than up, needs to return to the all-star form, speaking of the all-star game, that he had a year ago. Because since the all-star game of last year in Denver, he's had an ERA around six. I need not tell you that's not very good, especially for someone with his talent, his talent, his competitive level, his discipline, um, how important it is to him, his work ethic. I mean, this guy's about all the right things. He's just been inconsistent in terms of command, particularly fastball command. You'll see a dominant inning or two and then a walk, a hit and a three run homer. He was. Very good in his last outing in Arizona. Uh, Lately, you've seen more signs that he's turning a corner. For the Rockies to be good, Herman has to be their number one. Has to be. So that, that to me, is primary for the Rockies to make a move. Kyle Freeland has to continue to be Kyle Freeland. Gutty, gutsy, hanging in there. You know, deals with some traffic, but but somehow after six innings, he only gives up a couple of runs uh, more often than not. You need another good story in that rotation. Um, I'm going to give you two that have to happen. Austin Gobber pitched really well against the Padres last night. One run over six innings. He's capable of that. We saw that last year, particularly at home, where he had a two-something ERA in his first go-around as a Rocky. He's capable of that. And then you need a good story. I always talk about good stories. Teams, all teams, need good stories. We, we discussed that during spring training. Well, now we're discussing it as we approach the second half of the season. And for the Rockies, they picked up a guy off the proverbial scrap heap who's had success at the big league level. Jose Urania, who on two occasions with the Marlins, who always seemed to have pitching, was the opening day starter back in 17 and 18. That's how well thought of he was. Now, in his first two starts for the Rockies, good, real good. He throws a 96 to 98 mile an hour sinker. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys. It, it's, uh, you know, a slider uh, primarily to uh, to righties and a changeup to lefties. And he's been there, done that. So he's competed nicely for the Rockies. He's kicked around lately because he hasn't been able to sustain any kind of success. But can the Rockies maybe catch a little lightning in a bottle? And uh, he produces that good story all teams need to help the Rockies in the rotation in the second half. So th- those are a couple of uh, musts for me. And it begins with Herman in the starting rotation for Colorado. Offensively, we know they need to hit the ball over the wall more frequently. We talked about that back in spring training. We talked about that last year. The offense for the Rockies has not been uh, very good the last couple of seasons. This year out on the road, 24 home runs. The best thing that happened on that road trip, by the way, the three and four road trip, was Chris Bryant looking like Chris Bryant. Dealt with back, you know, a back issue really from most of this year. 
And then we started to see the power again. And you started to remember, oh, yeah, Chris Bryant was an MVP. Chris Bryant was one of the best players in baseball. And he looked like it last week. Now, he's been on paternity leave uh, the last uh, couple of days. But four homers out on the road for the 24 home runs all year that the Rockies have hit out on the road. In the second half, you know, if you have Bryant in the middle with C.J. Crone, Brendan Rodgers after a miserable first month has been solid. Charlie, and we're going to get to Charlie here in one second, has had a renaissance. You know, Connor Joe gets on base. Now you have a chance to have an improved offense, and an improved offense in particular out on the road. Speaking of one, Charlie Blackman. He hit a three-run home run last night. He was the difference. It was a 1-1 game uh, when the Rockies went up 4-1, to beat the Padres 5-3. to It was his 14th home run of the year. Charlie hit 13 home runs all of last year. He's on pace to hit 25, 26, 27 home runs. He has 50 ribbies here before the All-Star break. So he has a chance to drive in 85, 90, 95 runs. He's a guy you never bet against. And after hitting 13 home runs and driving in 70 last year, only a fool would not suggest, well, you know, he's really on the back nine. Maybe he's walking up the 18th fairway. All of a sudden, you think, whoa, this guy's pretty productive still. This guy's a tough out still. This guy can hit the ball over the fence still. He told me recently that he's really focused more this year on getting the bat head out and pulling pitches. Pulling pitches he can hit out of the ballpark instead of you know trying to wear out the gap in left center field. Well, it's paid off. 14 home runs as we speak today, 13 all of last year. So now you couple the aforementioned Bryant, the all-star C.J. Crone, Charlie playing at a high level again, and, and that gives you hope that the Rockies can be better in the second half offensively, and it begins naturally with a healthy uh, Chris Bryant. And the other thing is, we talk about positive stories. Ryan McMahon, he threw out a triple last night. Um, he, he had a solid road trip also. Hasn't hit many home runs. I think he's hit a home run every about 44, 45 at-bats this year. Last year and throughout his career, uh, he'd hit a home run every about 22 at-bats. So that's a, that's a big drop-off. Is he capable of hitting... 15, 17 home runs in the second half? Absolutely is, because he can hit home runs uh, to all fields. So that's another story for the Rockies, a positive one that would be nice if it took place. And that's a guy like Ryan McMahon, you know, mixing in far more home runs than he hit in the first half in the second half. It's not asking for the world. It's asking for, you know, reasonable improvement with a couple of guys who've done it before because we've seen McMahon in the you know low to mid-20s in home run totals. He's in his prime, so that's very doable. You're not asking Herman to, to pitch like a, a top-of-the-rotation guy for a guy that's never done it before. Heck, he did it. He's done it many times in the past over sustained periods. Last year, he was an all-star and a deserving one. You know, those those are a couple of things that could help the Rockies, you know, really make a run. And I don't mean have a nice week and win five out of seven. I mean, make a, a run over a three to four week period where they're one of the hotter teams in the game and somehow find their way back to 500. The other thing I'll add before we move on, and that is they could use, you know, an, and the fan base could also, uh, an energy injection. And it could come from that double-A shortstop who's become not only the Rockies' top prospect, 
but one of the top prospects in the game, in Ezekiel Tovar. It could happen at some point in time. He right now, he's going to play in the Futures game, but he right now is nursing uh, a bit of a groin issue. But he's been sensational in Hartford in the Eastern League this year. Power, batting average, significant OPS, great defense, been a dynamic base stealer. Again, it's a little different in the minor leagues, but have to add that to the equation as well. And I'm saying that knowing that, you know, Jose Iglesias has, has done a really good job for the Rockies. In fact, we're going to have Jose on the show coming up because he's one of my favorite Rockies. Um, it's been great to get to know him this year, and he has a great story. But we'll get to, to Jose here uh, in the not-too-distant future on the podcast. But uh, I wanted to mention a few of those items as we lead uh, into the All-Star break. All right, and speaking of the minor league and speaking of the next generation of Rockies, one of the assignments for my guest this week, Clint Hurdle, has been working with minor leaguers, with assessing the Rockies minor leaguers and helping tutor them, not only on the field when he's around, but also the nuances of the game, the cerebral part of the game, the big picture part of the game. And I think it's a, it's a role that's uh, really suited to Clint, who's a, who's a deep thinker and is still very passionate about the game, very passionate about his roots as a coach and ultimately as a successful skipper with the Colorado Rockies. And um, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation because Clint is unique, as you know, and you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to laugh a lot, and uh, it was great to catch up. So here's our interview of the week. As always, presented by Ideal Home Loans, former skipper and current special assistant to Billy Schmidt, Clint Hurdle. Well, this is fun. It is always good to catch up with you. And I got to describe, because this is a podcast without, you know, there's no, we don't have a camera on here. So Clint Hurdle right now is working and khakis and a beautiful Hawaiian shirt. And you look happy as could be. I'm in a pretty good space right now, as they say. Uh, I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. Watching some baseball. Yeah, the Hawaiian shirt, watching baseball, my new uniform I like a lot. Yeah, and, and that actually, you know, part of the plan. That, you know, your your goal is not to be in a uniform anymore on a day-to-day basis, I assume. It, it's really not, Drew, and, and really my goal is to have retired the uniform. And I do get in it once in a while. I got in it for an all high school All-Star game in Denver, you know, a perfect game event. I do those as well, but... It's a different phase. It's a different time. Um, and plus, as I move through around the Rockies organization, I just think it's a much more easier connection when they see me walk up in khakis and a wine shirt than coming in in a uniform and thinking, well, what's he, what's he here for? What's he got a uniform on? What, what's going on? And nothing's going on. I'm trying to share spirit, strength, and hope, coach some people up, and just do it from, from this angle in a much more relaxed state. You know, you and I have talked about a lot of things over the years, and I'm chuckling because this is one that I've never tackled with you, and that is the whole, you're, you were a great athlete, and you followed football and basketball and hockey and, and, and obviously baseball, and you're like, all right, the one sport is the, the coach or the manager shows up in a uniform, like Jared Bednar with the Avalanche isn't putting on a hockey uniform tonight to coach up his team. Do you ever stop and contemplate that? 
Yes, yes, I have. And, you know, baseball, it's actually the one sport you keep putting on the uniform none of the other sports do. I've got a good friend in Tampa named John Cooper that has a home out on the island with us, and we share a lot of thoughts. We've actually shared a lot of texts in the last couple of weeks. I'm sure you have. Some, some <laughs> thoughts and some observations. But, I mean, I talk to him, and I go, you guys just look so professional, suit, tie, and he, he looks like a runway model anyway. I mean, some guys dress up better than others. I think it was always fortunate I just got to put on a uniform. It covers up a lot of stuff. But that was then. And the game that I fell in love with, Drew, I was fortunate to wear a uniform and dance with that game for 45 years. And it's a different game now. The game has pivoted in a lot more different directions. That's okay. It's somebody else's game to gatekeep now. I'm not a gatekeeper anymore. I'm really happy to lead from the side or lead from behind with a young staff, the coaches or the minor league managers, to give Bill thoughts, observations, and share on our alignment, our development in the minor leagues, and to share times with Buddy, you know, just periodically. This is just a, a quick touch with the major league club. That is not my, my priority. My priority is to get these minor league players up here so the big league coaching staff has to coach them less than they've ever coached them before. That's an interesting thing, and it's a good place to, to jump in because I think people were excited who followed your career even after you left the Rockies that you were back in the fold. And then it's like, wait, what does Hurdle do exactly, and, and where is he? We haven't seen him. So, so take us through, if you will, a, a, a typical month for you. Well, a typical month will be... It'll be one one trip for sure to an affiliate. And the beautiful thing about minor league baseball right now is when teams home, they're home for six days. And it's not like Little League where everybody's got to play, but if you're there for six days, you see everybody play. All the position players play. All the five starters start. Even if you got a six-man rotation, you see them all, and you're going to see all the bullpen deployed at some time because there's 12, 13, and it all works out very well from that angle. Now there could be some high school games in the area that I go see. I've done a little scouting with the SEC players, proximity. Um, I get time on the phone with certain coaches or certain staff. I'm actually doing like a small mentorship program with some of our minor league managers, bi-monthly. With some of the hitting coaches, bi-monthly. Just a three up, three down. What three things that happened to your club good this, this last couple weeks? Three things that have been hard. And we just share some experiences and some thoughts. I think one of the beautiful things for me coming into this organization is I have an unbiased lens. Don't I didn't know any players really when I came in in, in spring training. Don't know many of the coaches. There are some people at the major league staff I know quite well. That first base coach is the best man at my wedding. Carl at Carl and I's wedding, Ron Gideon. I coached Stu Cole. I was his hitting coach. Buddy and I played against each other forever. Redmond and I managed against each other. Mag and I go all the way back to the Mets in the 80s. So there's a lot. Scotty pitched for me. I mean, there's a lot of continuity here. But in the Marlins, it was basically, you're going to meet a lot of people, and you're going to learn a lot of names. And that has been very refreshing and fun because the youthful enthusiasm, whether it's a coach, a manager, or a player, I can plug into that. I can, I can get enthusiastic, too. And what I love... What I love, what I'm seeing now is our alignment, the consistency of what we're doing, the teaching skills that some of these young coaches have, uh, the managers, you know, what their responsibilities are and the way they lean into their staffs. It's been fantastic. Quick journey, but at the most, it's probably 10 days on paper a month that I'm working, which gives me time at home. But there's a phone call here, there's a phone call there. I'm going to take them, plug in, but it's been really good so far, I think, for both sides. 
you know this, Clint, having been around professional sports as long as you have, that that at the end of the day, talent trumps a lot of things, cures a lot of things. Where, from your observations, are the Rockies' talent in the minor leagues? Well, right now, I think it's, it's well known that we've got a little bit of a space um, from our major league club that's here today and the players that we have in AAA. There's going to be a handful of players still, a handful, I count that like five, and a handful of pitchers that are going to have opportunities as this season moves forward, whether it's injury, whether it's performance-based, lack of up here or because of good performance down there that push it. But our strength... It starts in Double A. We've got some. We've got some strong candidates, starting, relieving, and position players. The same thing in Spokane, and the same thing in Fresno. I was telling somebody the other day when we turn this faucet on, the water's going to run for a while. We're not quite there yet. We've got some ground to cover in between. It's a responsibility of these guys, these major league players, right now, to cover that bridge, to take care of that time until the younger players are going to grow, get better, become consistent players. And again, once we get them up here, we want to give them that opportunity that they've been provided with a skill set or with some instruction coaching that's going to make it easier for the major league coaching staff to put them out there and watch them play. Clint, you were in charge in in the greatest run of the organization, obviously 07, and a lot of those guys grew up together in the minor leagues, and, and I think good Rockies fans know the names. Can you make any sort of analogy yet without, you know, you can't predict a, a World Series three years from now, that sort of thing, but looking at some of the talent that you've gotten to know now in Spokane, Fresno, Hartford, um, do you see things that remind you of 15, 18 years ago? Absolutely. And I think it's one of the, the one of the strong additions I think we've got is having Chris Forbes come in and run our minor league program. And then he's employed with Bill's, Bill's signing off too. Mark Stripmatter, one of my former players, and one of my coaches. I, I had him in, in Denver, Pittsburgh also. Took him to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, he, he's like the field coordinator. Winning's a thing. And we wanted to make sure that that was presented to our players. It's not going to be the end all, but winning's a thing. I mean, why play the game if you're not going to try and win the game? Now, winning can be a deodorant, you know, if you let it. You win a game, oh, we're okay because we won a game. But you got to hit cutoff, man. You got to play 27 outs on defense. There's got to be some urgency in the batter box to perform fundamentals situationally, hit at times. Those are the cornerstones of what we're teaching and putting these groups together, as Chris has done with it, with the help of Jesse Stender. I mean, we've got players and teams playing ball, playing meaningful ball into the first half. Three teams are in the hunt going into the end of the first half for playoff opportunities, and the kids are understanding that. It made a difference for our guys. They had won before in the minor leagues. 21 of 25 guys in that World Series roster had come homegrown. We were fortunate to somewhat replicate that in Pittsburgh when I went over there. And I shared with them the importance of those guys winning, winning together, playing good baseball together all the way up. Because when they get to the big leagues and things, doesn't, things don't work right, they've been there before and they know how to herd up or to huddle up and fight through it. Ezekiel Tovar's gotten a lot of uh, ink and, and conversation, whether it's us or we're certainly going back to spring training. When uh, you know he, he really he handled himself exceptionally well. He won the Abby Greer Award, which I know is, is very special for you. Uh, this is a kid you've watched in Hartford, and every time I look at the stat, the OPS is you know nine fifty. He's hitting homers. He's stealing bags. I, the glove I hear is outstanding. Kid, we've had some good shortstops here. 
I mean, could he be in that conversation one day? And I know it's probably unfair. The kid's 20 years old. But what's your projection on him? Well, well t- if you'll take this from a guy that was 20 years old and with a lot of expectations Absolutely. were put you know, on. You, nobody knows more than you do. It's not fair. However, it's going to happen. And I think we are helping him prepare for that. And I know organizationally we're helping all our younger players prepare for media, social media, that space, chasing likes or chasing affirmation from people you don't know. And I mean people within the game that are writing the reports and writing the publications and doing the podcast. That's that's all nice. However, the game's played on the field. Focus on the field, stay on the field. Ezekiel, in my mind, he has it. He has it like Tulowitzki had it. The presence in the box is real. The presence in the infield, he makes the shortstop better than the third base, or the second baseman and the third baseman just by going to shortstop as a position. Makes the pitcher better. He makes everybody with a glove on better. The understanding of the game, he's got baseball IQ on top of that. One of the most impressive walkaways I've had in this minor league journey so far, two months in, I went into Hartford. And I watched him play the first game. Three for four, homer to right, base hit to right, pulls a ball hard to left, makes the plays at shortstop, gets your attention. He went 0 for 19 the next five games after that. You would not have known anything different changed from the first night to the last day by his presence defending the ball, by his demeanor in the clubhouse, or his actions in the dugout. That speaks louder than, than a lot of things. His actions when he wasn't playing well, the, the composure that he had, and since then, he got hot again. He stayed hot pretty much since then. More of a special assistant to the general manager of the Rockies, Clint Hurdle, and former manager in a moment. But uh, first, this for Ideal Home Loans. I know the market out there with interest rates has gone up and things have been crazy. They've been crazy for a while. But people are still buying homes. People are still upgrading. People are still doing home projects. And if you are one of those folks, one of those families, then look no further for assistance than Ideal Home Loans. Give them a call at 303-867-7000. That's 303-867-7000. Because you still want the lowest interest rate possible. You still want to make sure you're in the best product for what your long-term goals are. And you still want to find out how much you can get, and what is the best way to go about it. They'll answer all of your questions. They've been doing it for more than 20 years in our market and also down in Arizona, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau because they've been that good at helping you, the customer. I've sent a number of people their direction. All have been thrilled. I've used them on multiple occasions. It's Ideal Home Loans, Brent Ivinson's team, 303-867-7000. Now back to more with Clint Hurdle. The game doesn't change. It's, it's always going to be about the guy that, that toes the rubber 60 feet, six inches away. When the Rockies turned that corner, I remember hearing the names, hey, you got to see this guy, Frankie Morales. you got to see Ubaldo Jimenez. And, and Dan, who's a good friend of both of ours, a dad, called him Ublato until he was like in his third year in the big leagues, which is a whole other story. I finally said, Dan, his name's Ubaldo. He's pretty good. But uh, do you see any arms in the lower minor leagues that you say, hey, these, this guy or these kids have a chance? No, I do. And, and, you know, the starting rotation in 
in Hartford. You know, there's a couple, three hours. I don't want to throw out names here on the pitching side. That's not my expertise, but, but there's guys I've turned reports in on. Okay. You know, we've got a couple, three starters there that I think they got a chance to, to help up top. We've probably got four or five relievers down there that got some big arms that got a chance to help. The same thing, though, in Spokane. The same thing in, in Fresno. Um, I saw a young 19-year-old kid from Mexico, Suarez, pitch for us. Youngest kid on our team, youngest kid in the league. It was 63 pitches in five innings. It was Maddox-like. Nobody took a good swing. He topped out at 91. He cut it. He spun it. He changed speeds on it. Everybody walked away mad from the batter's box. And a young kid, I'm talking you know, I'm to Mark Brewer, the pitching coach, who's my age, and I'm watching him work on the side with these young Latin pitchers, and there's a connection that's real. So the biggest takeaway for me are the connections we're making our coaching staff with our players down there. The arms are real. The arms are coming as well. Bullpen arms, starting pitching arms. And nobody's ever going to have the perfect game plan, Drew, because if you think about it, we walked in that 07 season, if you, I would have told you, hey, Drew, we're going to play a rookie at short. We're going to have two rookies in the starting rotation. Halfway through the year, we're going to flip our closer and give that to our rookie as well, and we're going to go to the World Series. What might he said to me? You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was because of the development of those men in the minor leagues that so many get. There's so many fingerprints on success. And right now, I think we've got a very good group of working men in the minor leagues that don't care who gets the credit. We're just trying to put some fingerprints on some success at the major level so the fans can enjoy it. That beautiful ballpark, that city of Denver, we want to get that place loud again. They still come out, great crowds, but you want to make that move in a very tough division north from where we are right now. Due north. Yeah. How neat is it for you when you when you walk around Denver? And because I know Denver's special to you, and I know I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as you eventually, and who knows when that is, you know, put a period on a great baseball life. The fact that you've come back to Denver, where you've always been embraced, how neat is that? I mean, do you, you're you're a deep thinker. Do you, do you sit back sometimes, whether it's on a plane or talking to Carla on the beach, and say? This is so apropos. I've always said that you know the best stories, the ones we can't write, and for this to to move in the direction it's moved, and with all the different personnel changes in place as well, and it was never about it was never about coming back and and doing something for me. It was coming back to give back, and and. In some ways, to honor some of the things that Kelly first presented. But there's Greg Feasel's the president now. Bill Schmidt's the general manager now. Dick Monford's the owner. How do I help those men? How do I help Sue Ann McLaren sell tickets? How do I help Kevin Kahn? And then Mark Rasm. I had a wonderful conversation. We ran into each other last week. We hadn't seen each other forever. And it was just like, this is awesome. So to come back, to give back. And to do it in Denver, and to do it for the people I'm doing it for, and I mean the fans as much as I do anybody, I couldn't ask for a better opportunity. How about the time on the beach? How about the tea? <laughs> that still agree with you? Being home with the family? Because truly, you know, I say I, I say this with seriously, whether you're a broadcaster, certainly whether you're a player, whether you're a manager, time away from family is is enormous it's not just a gratuitous oh yeah i spend more time with 
the people I work with, you truly spend more time with the people you work with in this game for, for eight solid months. So to be able to give back to Carla and, and the kids, I, I know you, so I know how important that is to you. It has been one of the best things that ever happened to me. I'm, I'm 64 years old. I still know what's best for me. I would have chose to stay in Pittsburgh, to manage two more years, finish it off. I got thrown in the HOV lane, get out of town, go figure something out. And what I needed to figure out was to go home. I had opportunity to stay in uniform and still coach. And after listening to Carl, oh, honey, we'll figure it out. Oh, we'll go to spring training in Arizona. We'll go out west. And a couple of those conversations, I said, you know, it's time to figure it out. So I didn't know what I didn't know by being home every day. Sure. So I walk away in the middle of November. That's when I say I'm done. I put the uniform in the closet. And then the rest of the world walked away in mid-March. So we were all in the same boat together. And it started with homeschooling Maddie and Christian because Carla wants no part of that. So you talk about getting thrown in a pool in the deep end. Not only was I home every day, I'm getting to school with these kids. You know, that was fun. Along the way, though, Drew, I again, I thought I knew what my wife did when I was away. No clue. The genuine appreciation I have now for what she has done over the years to stand in the gap for me when I'm away, to raise our kids the way they've been raised because, you know, one of the humbling things is being home and whenever something came up, who they go to first? They go to mom. Mom's a North Star. Mom's a rock star. Mom's always there. By the end of these last two and a half years, they've come to dad every once in a while. So I've earned some favor. I've earned some trust. My wife says it best. She's got the best lens. I think God gave it to her for me. Because two times I went to her telling her I got this all figured out at home. Four months in, I go, I got you know, I'm, I'm, she goes, yeah, you're like a young puppy. One minute you're licking me in the face, the next minute you're peeing in the corner, and I got to throw you outside. I put you in another room, lock you in there. You don't know the rules yet. Be quiet. So that settled me back down. I do about another four months. I got to figure it out again. So I say, honey, no, this time for real. I said, we're like a band. She goes, oh, really? Explain that to me. I said, well, you're the lead singer. The light's on. You're out front. I said, Christian's the lead guitarist. He's shredding. He's got your back. Maddie's just banging on the drums, doing Maddie. I said, I'm just the cool bass player over in the corner, keeping rhythm and time. She goes, that's pretty interesting. But she goes, why don't you just get off the stage and handle the lights? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And I'll close with this. I regurgitate periodically some Clint-isms and two of my all-time favorites. I think I did this, uh, I mentioned this either on television or or on the podcast recently. Two of my all-time favorites. This isn't the try-hard league. This is the do-good league. When would you come up with that one? I don't know. I think it was going through a couple of conversations. And and I can remember back as a player because I kept saying, did I ever tell my coach I was trying hard? I don't think I did. I probably did, but I got tired of players telling me how hard they were trying. I finally, it was a player was sitting in my office, and I just said, "Son, be quiet. Listen, this isn't a try hard league up here. This is a do good league. You need to feel way to do good. You're not going to be around here much longer." <laughs> and I think I actually grabbed it from Glanville, the head coach back in the day when he, told, when he told the referees what what NFL stood for, or you know, what, yeah, yeah. you know, not for long, right? not for yeah, long. Man. If you keep doing what you're doing, that's awesome. And my other one is. And this, is, and this is beautiful because this game can bring out every kind of emotion. And, you know, you lose three in a row or after a game, you know, a, a, a win gets snatched from you. And somebody asks, hey, Clint, why did you pinch it or why did you bring in so-and-so or whatever? And you go, guess what? I get paid to first guess 
you all get paid to second guess. And I love that because that is the friggin' truth. I've shared with people over time once the season would start, they said baseball's America's pastime. I said, no, it's not. Second guessing managers is America's pastime. It comes with it, but it's true. And there's been so many times when I've made a decision, Drew. I had all the information, I got all the stats, and then I got everything I need. I've made the right decision three pitches later. It's like going fly fishing. All I got is line on the, on the bank. I can't catch fish because the fly's not in the water. Nobody can fish because my buddy's got to help me do the line. But you make decisions, and you got to live with it, and you got to wear one because it's the responsibility of the manager to take the blame when things don't go well, and it's the responsibility of the manager to give the, give the credit to the players and the coaches when things do go well. Always good to see you, man. It's a pleasure to see you. So a large thanks to Clint Hurdle, always entertaining to uh, to be with and to catch up with. And uh, I hope you learned a little bit more about some of the guys uh, in the Rockies system. And uh, you got to do it with a smile on your face as well. Before we get on out of here, a quick reminder, as always, to catch the DNVR folks, especially my buddy Patrick Lyons. I'm with him once a week on the DNVR Rockies uh, podcast. He does it five days a week. Great written material as well. He's often joined by... Uh, his cohort, Susie Hunter. So check out uh, the DNVR product and download it and subscribe and all that uh, good stuff. Also, um, before we leave, I did want to mention that, uh, you know, Joe Sackick has done a really good job so far, and there's more to come, uh, of sewing guys up. And you knew with the salary cap limitations of the NHL, the Stanley Cup champions could not keep everyone. But they were able to keep Valerie Nichuskin, which I think is huge. They were able to keep Arturi Lekkinen, which I think is huge. They were, able to, they were able to keep Josh Manson, which many people speculated would be difficult. Hard-nosed, tough defender, uh, defenseman who had some big goals. I mean, huge goals for the Avalanche in the postseason. Another high-character guy, as I like to say, in NHL locker rooms. Andrew Cogliano as well. And, of course, I know they made a change uh, at goaltender uh, with, with Georgie coming in from the uh, from the Rangers. But I, I trust Joe Sackick. I know you trust Joe Sackick. You have to trust Joe Sackick based on his record as a GM. So uh, I think a lot of positive things here in the days in the aftermath of the parade where it's a frenzy to get uh, as many of your free agents signed and, and to make moves to ensure that the, that the avalanche can stay atop the NHL and make another run at a Stanley Cup. So a uh, big tip of the cap to uh, Joe Sackett, which he's received a lot of naturally of late and deservedly so. That'll do it for this edition of the Drew Goodman podcast. Big thank you again for uh, for checking us out, for passing on uh, your enjoyment, hopefully, of the podcast uh, to others and telling them uh, to download. Stay safe. Enjoy the All-Star game, and we'll, uh, we'll chat next week as well. Be well. Be well.